are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Black Klansman. Black Klansman. By Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Yeah. Opening thoughts. Pooh, Kyle. Great movie. I think that Spike Lee demonstrated a mastery in filmmaking techniques. I appreciate seeing skill and care and focus, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you will say, throughout uh, creative use of camera angles and the cinematography and all that stuff. I thought the acting by the main character um, portraying Ron Stallworth, I don't know what the actor's name is, but fine job. Uh, and given the subject material, a wonderful use of humor and drama and present day slash historical context all mixed into one. I, I find it to be a really great blending of genres by an incredibly skillful director who clearly has much more to show us in the way of movie making and uh, his talents. So there you go. Yeah. We're going to get more into it. I mean, there's, that's, there's so much yep, to talk that's about That's what yeah. I was going to say. So, Give us yeah, your own moving on. You're, you're a little bit more <laughs> articulate when it comes to you know, director's skill sets and and analysis on that front. So why don't you go ahead and tell us your opening thoughts about sure. Black Klansman. Yeah, so functionally, uh, Spike Lee is one of the best filmmakers of all time. Absolutely. And he would be even more of... Uh, he would have even more clout in the pantheon of filmmaking if he were not a black man, surprisingly enough. Uh, the the culture of Hollywood has been whitewashed forever, and he'll probably never be on the pedestal that he should be on by the end of you know this career. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, sh- shit changes, and that uh, <laughs> and that all changes because this absolutely demonstrated that he's one of the best filmmakers of all time. Exactly like what you said, the blending of the different genres was seamless. Yes. It was also timely. Yes. And absolutely a complete masterstroke that involved everybody's bravery to be a part of too. Especially his bravery. I there's I don't think there's anybody like Spike Lee that makes movies right now. And maybe there's people that are trying and uh and that's great, and everybody should aspire to that. But Spike Lee doesn't go out and make Transformers or, <laughs> or any of these things. He's not looking for the cash grab. Nope. He makes movies that are as exciting as any other action film or drama or comedy, hilarious comedy, and it is rooted in social justice. It is rooted in calling people the fuck out and trying to make change and using the medium of film to put all of that together to make something that's powerful and that affects people but that is also entertaining and endlessly watchable the second the movie was over i was like i i just wanted to see it again immediately because it blew me away i've watched it twice yeah i totally agree with everything you're gonna say everything you said i have two follow-up comments Perhaps Jordan Peele will also take up the mantle. Perhaps. Is that saying take up the mantle? 
I get this new obsession, Kyle, of like picking apart idioms. People are mangling idioms all around me. But anyway, uh, Jordan Peele seems next in line. His movies are a little bit more veiled, though, right? There's the the social message is is hidden underneath a horror genre, let's mm-hmm. say, right? Where Spike Lee is interested in a topic, and it's timely, and he goes right after it. Yeah, unmistakable, right? Absolutely. And then I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second because you said he's not getting the recognition <clears throat> he deserves. Uh, just to play devil's advocate for a second, he does have two movies listed in the Library of Congress. That's good. Malcolm X and Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. So he's got two. Well, that's good. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I agree with you though because if you get snubbed on Malcolm X, should have won Best Picture that year. I forget what fucking won instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel should have won Best Actor, blah, blah, blah. We should do our research. We're not. We're still not a really well-researched podcast. <laughs> no, that'll never change. Because there's a chance Malcolm X did win some awards. But anyway, there's a um, lot of shit in the Library of Congress too, unfortunately. Is but there? That's just the way it goes. All right. Well, um, no, but I agree. Like this movie didn't break the box office Mm-mm. by any means. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't make as much money as you know. Oh God. <laughs> Anything else that's out there? So anyway, um, there you go. Uh, Black Klansman. Should we get a little bit deeper into it? Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. You must watch it again. Must watch it. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's absolutely a necessity to watch. In today's climate, yes, uh, since it is about events and occurrences that are happening today and have been happening forever. Yeah. Um, So, 10-second plot summary. Okay. It is the dramatization of a true story but he strays very far away from the actual historical truth of Ron Stallworth's story of a black man who becomes the first police officer in a small town in Colorado and he takes it upon himself to infiltrate the local clan chapter and report out their doings yep. and that's where uh, you know Spike Lee takes a lot of creative freedoms and he, he uh, weaves a much more sort of grandiose story than what happened to Ron Stallworth in reality. But all things aside, let's just focus on the movie. Uh, he infiltrates the clan, and he gets to the bottom of the fact that they are looking to disrupt some uh, black power activism in the town of, it's, is it Colorado Springs, right? Yes. Something like that. Um, and the and Ron Stallworth, with the help of Kylo Ren, <laughs> uh, go Driver. about, go about yep. thwarting the the plot of the local clan chapter to exercise some violent um, actions against uh, African Americans in the town. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, they're triumphant in their efforts to thwart the clan, but the movie definitely ends on a very down point. Kyle, does it, sure it not? Does. Absolutely. And this is where this is where Spike Lee, and this is where Spike Lee merges genres and he's done this before he did it with Malcolm X in weaving in the Rodney King footage into the beginning of the movie Malcolm X mm-hmm. he then masterfully weaves in present day footage of Charlottesville into the end of this movie not weaving it into but essentially closing out the movie with it yeah he opened the movie with a dramatization of of white supremacists making their own like wacko documentary movies and mm-hmm. then he put the real thing at the end yeah oh man yeah and the the book ending of those points with the um which i think was smart the yes. dramatization with alec baldwin's white supremacist character ranting. also done really well yeah that part was one of the most disturbing things in the entire movie to me because it's very easy to see all the inspirations and all of the reflection, the mirror image that's put up to angry old white men 
and all of the damage and violence that comes from that misplaced anger that's just yep. present in the the narrative of the American experience. Well, you mentioned that the Alec Baldwin recording of his his white supremacist white supremacy documentary mixed in with actual footage behind him mm-hmm. and things like that. It is menacing and it's very disturbing, but at the same time he, Alec Baldwin like sort of yucks it up a little bit and Spike Lee makes him uh, the butt of his own joke. Right. He's not in on the joke, obviously, but he makes him look silly about the clearing of the throat and the huh and getting mm-hmm. takes wrong. Like there's outtakes essentially. Yeah. And so it's a wonderful mixture of menacing and at the same time teardown. Mm-hmm. Then juxtapose that with the way the movie ends. Yeah. The, the ending is like all jokes aside, folks, all jokes from Ron Stallworth aside and mm-hmm. from Kylo Ren aside and the police captain and the, 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 and the goofiness of the clan members themselves and how awkward and stupid they are at times, all those jokes aside, what Spike says at the end of this movie is we didn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't win with the civil rights movement, we didn't win with uh, the clan being infiltrated in Colorado. We didn't win by getting rid of Jim Crow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look at where we're at. We like the jokes, perhaps on us. Yeah, because he puts that footage in at the end. Fucking president is a sympathizer yeah. with white supremacists. It's pretty disgusting, and the 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 message is clear, and yeah. the stories and the facts and the reality that is put up on the screen at the end of a uh, dramatized film about mm-hmm. historical events is that, you know, that's the image of what is happening around us right now. Yeah. The movie ends, the character of Ron Stallworth and his, and the love interest, I, I apologize, we should have done the research, uh, The char- her character's name. I think she's made up anyway, so. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> by the way, played by the young lady from, I know you don't know this, but Played very well by the young lady from Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> I sat there the first time I watched the movie. I was like, "Who is this girl?" She has the big, she has the big Angela Davis afro going on and, and huge round glasses. And I'm thinking, I know this girl. She's very attractive, blah blah. And then I realized, oh, she's from Spider-Man Homecoming. What a much that's, more dignified role. That's so funny. Um, how does how does the dramatization of the Ron Stallworth story end? Uh, they go out to the window because they got a knock on their door, a menacing mm-hmm. knock on the door, and they see a cross burning outside. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, yeah, you won the battle, but have you won the war? And then, boom, Charlottesville footage. Yeah. I, I was... Yeah, good. I was affected from the very beginning to the very end of the movie, and the acting right. by everybody, and especially people that are in the clan, uh, has to be applauded for the fucked up <laughs> terrible situation that can you imagine if you were in a movie and you had to be somebody in the clan yeah well look at that i mean imagine you're saying and then act around other people like and pretend it's reality yeah that's why adam driver's performance is is very good in this movie mm-hmm. i thought he was great i did too i mean i thought ron stalwart's character was great uh kylo ren's character is great <laughs> Um, even the people that yeah that play in the clan and they play it up for for laughs because they're dumb like the the big fat wife and all that stuff like they're all there's some comedic relief built into the characters but the lines that they're asked to deliver yeah and the way they're expected to comport themselves on set yeah tough I and think they did it's, it well 
I think it's comedic because it's so shocking and out of place with the with the protagonist's narrative that we're kind of set up to follow. Yeah. But then you look at it and everything that they're saying and how they're acting is the reality of it all. Yep. And that makes it very, very terrifying. Well, um, here's, here's a, a couple of things that, yeah. that uh, I wanted to say before we wrap it up here or before we get to the end. And that is um, some people have criticized this movie from the, uh, let's just say, the far left um, by portraying the cops as the good guys. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I can appreciate that line of critique. You know, I really can. Because there are some cop characters in the movie that are really unsavory mm-hmm. with the way they behave around Ron Stallworth, their choice of words, um, their, their attempts at humor that are really off-putting and stuff like that. And then they do, in fact, like, save the day at the end. You know? They do. Um, Kylo Ren's character rolls up and saves Ron Stallworth's character from beatdown mm-hmm. at the hands of other white cops who assume that he's guilty. So there's a little bit of that social critique out there in the world on the internet of, well, Spike, you know, why did you have to make the cops the good guys? All right, you know, fair enough. So just so you're aware of that, listeners and Kyle, that critique does exist. Yeah. Because that's an interesting narrative to tell in this day and age because, yeah, you're going to have a, a, an anti-Trump, anti-white supremacist movie uh, but then at the same time, there are undertones of like, some of the cops are good. And even Ron Stowe's character at times is like, not all cops are bad. I happen to believe in the police force and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know? So, interesting. I, I don't know where I stand on it. You know? There you go. Just food for thought. That know? is very interesting. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the movie was listening to Ron Stallworth's character and David Duke's character oh, yeah. talk on the phone to each other. And, of course, David Duke was played by Topher Grace, which was absolutely hysterical for about three milliseconds before they started conversing with each other. But um, him speaking on the phone and them talking about the, the white voice phenomenon and yep. and basically just the the comedic moment of him having the discussion about how there nobody could be fooled by that and you know speaking to somebody that was going to take him and the rest of the ignorant institution down was uh some very very nice tension and also i think it was played very tactfully well in that they didn't uh they didn't just try and make everybody look so stupid they tried to you know they tried to like make it look like he could sit down and you know get through a phone call because these people get into positions of power like david duke and they Mm -hmm. have to be able to converse and put on this air that convinces enough people to surround them and get involved with their message so there was a lot of finesse that i thought they did with um, with some of the characters, I don't know much about Adam Driver's character. I think he was an amalgamation of he was made up for the movie. a few yeah made yeah. up ideas and things. Um, but each one played a really prominent role in the film in terms of the overarching landscape that was the entire white supremacist organization. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, the um. What I found kind of interesting, or it's a, I'm going to call it a tiny fucking plot hole for the movie, is once you've, <clears throat> once you've put Kylo Ren's character in front of the recruiters for the clan and all that stuff, 
you technically don't need Ron Stallworth to keep up the front on the phone. You could just have Kylo Ren be on the phone. Yeah. But of course, it, it works well for the movie. It, it builds to that final phone call where he you know insults David Duke's character and slams the phone down on something. Mm-hmm. But you don't need that. You don't need to run that risk of like, yo, your voice sounds different. Yeah. You sound different on the phone versus in person. Yada, yada. Totally pointless. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't need to do that, but whatever. It's small sort of plot point. Um, here's something I wanted to mention before this podcast and at some point Kyle, and that is one thing that Spike Lee does incredibly well in his movies is what I'm going to call the celebration of black folks mm-hmm. and the scene I'm talking about is after the Stokely Carmichael rally who's by the way a real person right um, after that whole speech which also we, oh we have to talk about that but anyway after that he asked the girl out and she says meet us at this this bar this restaurant right mm-hmm. And they meet in that restaurant and they dance. And that scene with the music and the song, I believe I'm falling in love. Mm-hmm. I, I now listen to that song like five times every fucking day. <laughs> you know? Do you remember that scene? Yeah. It was oh, just, yeah. A, it was, Spike Lee does that incredibly well. Uh, it's a dance number essentially. And the music, the cinematography, the way he focuses on people's faces at times, their clothing at times, the movement of their feet at times, the smiling, the singing, the joy. What a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. No, I go. You have to go back, and, go back and watch that because it is just so perfect and so beautiful. And he knows how to capture the moment and capture the essence and the joy of people in 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 their in their thing. You know, having mm-hmm. a good time. Boy, I love that scene, Kyle. Yeah, that was great. And just highlights again how much effort goes into Spike's stories and his fascination with the characters themselves as people and as humans and trying to trying to show the whole gamut of emotions and context for whatever the focal point of his work is yeah and then uh similarly again spike spike lee using his position as a director to do interesting things to take risks with the camera at the stokely rally that was put on by the black student union Mm -hmm. that ron goes to wearing the mic right yeah the man is delivering a really powerful speech and Spike Lee does single takes, doesn't do a lot of cuts, allows the actor to um, embody that role and deliver the lines with power and message. And when he does cut up the remarks from the Black Panther leader, he does it by showing individual black people's faces all over the screen. Mm-hmm. Again, a celebration yeah. of, of the diversity of shapes, sizes, colors, all that stuff. Again, why not? You're a director. He just, Spike Lee, I could just imagine, he has this vision, like, you know what, while he's delivering these pro-black lines, like, black is beautiful, why not show faces of proud people, you know, staring stoically straight at the mm-hmm. camera, agreeing with him and stuff like that? Why not? It's there's just a man totally in charge of his craft. So much creativity. Yep. It's, there's so little convention that he will follow. Yes. He'll, he'll have it be cohesive and understandable, but the creativity is endless, and the use of interesting cinematography is astounding and we talked about that when we discussed malcolm x which was a great episode Mm -hmm. um to go back and listen to um but he does all sorts of cool things like when he just has the the characters kind of gliding around on little tracks when they're they're just kind of ethereal and just there in spirit kind of but there's a greater meaning to it is there it's it's just wonderful to watch and every little bit that challenges your convention as a watcher and that surprises you that can come through in that way basically the exact opposite of a movie like spotlight you remember that was like 
put a camera in a room and have a bunch of people talk for a yeah. minute and come to some interesting conclusion about something. Good but boring and no risk taking. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And another example of that is when Ron Stolitz's character is building his relationship with the female leader of the BSU. They're walking through a park, and as they're discussing uh, like black exploitation films of black cinema, <laughs> the, the movie posters too. pop up. Spike uh-huh. Lee just decides, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to put this over the whole frame right now. Yep. A big old, totally exaggerated picture straight out of the 70s. You know, the movie posters, mm-hmm. Jackie Brown and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'll, like, like, what director does things like that? And it's not that Spike Lee gets away with it. It's It works. Yeah. I, I It doesn't make the movie stumble. It doesn't take away from the movie. It adds to it. It keeps you engaged. Mm-hmm. What interesting directorial... Directorial? Is that even a word? What is he going to do next? What, what little skill is he going to use? What muscles is he going to flex? All that stuff. And then, of course, as you said earlier in the movie, to, to sort of wrap up the discussion, the movie is timely, it's powerful, and it's just incredibly well-made. So, Absolutely. Zooming back out, if you will. Like, yep. Uh, out of the details. And it's a tough watch at points. It's, oh, yeah. It's real and rough and raw and there for people to eat it up. The first time I watched it, uh, the room started with a group of about, I don't know, six people in it. And sure enough, people... Within the first half hour or so, got up and walked out. Wow. Because I was at, uh, you know, I wasn't home. I was at somebody else's house, and we were on a little getaway weekend. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, I can identify two or three people that won't make it to the end of the <laughs> Sure, if they, they were out. They came to handle it. Very interesting. All right, well, Kyle. Let's we're out it. of time. Give yeah. it a grade. I give Black Klansman a, I'm giving it, believe it or not, a B plus. Hmm. Why am I giving it a B plus? We didn't have time to get into it, but some of the editing is bad. Like some scenes just end. Some some of the the stitching together and the splicing is 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 really oddly done at times, and that that was enough for me to knock down a bit. Plus, when I found that he kind of twisted the story a little bit, I was like, oh, so some of this never really happened. Like the mm-hmm. big climactic explosion, like a lot of that didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't want to. He, I, I of course like Malcolm X way better. So Malcolm X is an A, and this, so I, I can't put it on the same level, mm-hmm. right? So I give it a solid B. Plus, and if you're looking for an example of the editing I'm talking about, the end of the music scene, I believe in falling in love, just ends. Mm. Watch it again. It just ends. It's a hard cut to the next day, and you're like, what? Interesting. Yeah. So, there you go. B plus. Maybe a commentary on the harsh reality of uh, people in different positions not being able to have a wonderful transition between different aspects of their life and having to take it when they can get it and could be get snapped back into anything else i give it a solid a minus because with an emphasis on the a and only some slight deterrence for the minus because i just hope that spike and people like spike keep making movies like this yes because it's incredible take us home kyle we have loved chatting about this today if you have things that you would like to hear us discuss loud on the set at gmail.com send us some mail let us know what you think you can check us out on youtube and itunes anywhere you find podcasts we are there loud on the set with kyle and james thank you all very much for listening go out and see some wonderful movies watch black Klansmen, and have a great time see you later And cut.